Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Awesome. Welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I'm here with Daniel Powinski. Hello. I'm Eduardo. And yeah, as we always do, having conversations before we go on to recording and sort of structuring our, um, or just formatting what we're going to be able to discuss um, today and how it relates to last week's episode and how it's going to relate to the episodes that are coming in the future. And so in this case, we're going to divide up the seven stages of alchemy. So we said we'd be doing all the seven stages. Last week, we started with the first, which is calcination. And Daniel thought it'd be appropriate that in that time that you're going through your calcination period, if you are, um, what better to you know aid you in sort of understanding some of the uh, definitions that we had um, for calcination and kind of seeing the perspective from the East and the West, you were just uh, telling me before the podcast on like the same word may not mean the same thing, but we all do have an understanding of the same thing. So let's sort of um, do a good job at like laying it out. So that way people can see it and understand what this word um, or this definition actually means and where it's coming from. So more specifically, what we did is after we did the episode on calcination, Daniel and I discussed, you know, maybe we should take a deeper um, dive as we always do, but in this case with the ego and what the ego really means and the ego that we're actually talking about, maybe one that you think you're familiar with, or maybe you are already familiar with and what really it entails on its role with the soul, uh, or what, what the ego has to do with the soul. So it's, it's dual the duality between, um, uh, its relationship to the soul. That's what I should say. And so one of the things that we decided on is to take a lecture from the Brotherhood of Light. Now, Daniel's talked about the Brotherhood of Light before in previous podcasts. We mentioned that, you know, it's a source for um, that scientific approach of understanding the soul, but it correlates with all the things that we've already been talking about throughout the entire podcast um, with Hermeticism and, you know, other Egyptian Egyptian sciences. Um, so... This lecture, which is, again, from the Brotherhood of Light, um, is really, it's phenomenal. It's a lot to digest, but there's a lot of great, um, there's a lot of more specific explanations that we should probably cover before we sort of use the word ego and what the journey of um, the alchemist is by sort of bringing up these lectures and breaking them down a little more specifically in between the seven stages of alchemy. So like I said, Daniel's mentioned about the Brotherhood of Light, but can you just give us a little more on the history of it? I know that you were mentioning to me that their origins, uh, I know they go back a long time. I mean, at least a hundred years now, right? Yeah. So the, uh, the organization has been, been around for a really long time and it's called the Brotherhood of Light. You can also, I think they go by the Church of Light as well. Uh, and you can find them online. It's just light.org. And it's mm -hmm. a really fantastic organization because they have all their lessons online, but they also have like a whole path that you can actually do learning from, and you can actually take quizzes on some of these books and they'll actually send you 
more in-depth knowledge, which is kind of cool. Yeah. You, so if you become a member and you take, like you finish the first book, you can actually take a test on that book and they'll actually send you kind of the esoteric information, which is crazy because when you're reading these lessons, you're like, this is the most esoteric stuff I've ever read, right? It's really, yeah. really dense. And it is very dense. the writer, um, C.C. Zane, who's Albert Benjamin, his pen name for this organization was C.C. Zane. He was a naturalist. So he was a really just an individual that understood the natural outside. So he really kind of has a scientific approach to esoteric and occult studies. And this was a really, really prominent organization. Um, They were right in Los Angeles. So they were really close to, we, I know we have a lot of listeners who are very fond of the Philosophical Research Society, mm-hmm. which was created by Manly P. Hall, but they were in the same neighborhood. They worked together. Um, C.C. Zane was a little bit um, older than Manly P. Hall. So I believe he passed away in the the mid fifties, early sixties, where Manly P. Hall survived all the way up into the 1990s. But was really kind of like a, I don't want to say a precursor, but was just part of this esoteric occult community, right? This really, this idea of blending science and spirituality together and the really the the marriage between the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain and not only having this holistic spiritual approach to the universe and what we consider god but also this analytical idea and the idea that you can actually just like you can test a physical science in a laboratory you can also test a spiritual science and that was right. that's a really important aspect and that's something that not all of the new age has missed out on, but I think the new age has kind of moved away from. And that's something you really want to be able to validate. All this stuff, all this spiritual information should be able to be validated in the experiment of life. Absolutely. And that's really kind of where we want to kind of take it. And that's, again, why the the study of alchemy is such a fascinating endeavor to take on, because you do, you start seeing, it is like, making your life an experiment. It is make putting your life through this transformation and you see the results of it. So you can actually, you know, quantify the experience that you're having and kind of incorporate it with the science. Absolutely. Right? It's the science of life. So, um, so yeah, the Brotherhood of Light is a great, great organization. Um, definitely check them out and they have services as well that you can watch on Zoom. They're now located in New Mexico, but I actually went to a conference of them a couple of years ago. They have uh, biannual conferences in New Mexico and it's just like the coolest people in the world. Like, yeah. They're all older astrologers now. There's not a lot of young blood in that organization, so all of us youngins should kind of go in there and kind of give it support, but they're just the most amazing people and they're just a master astrologers. They're, I know. I remember it when was, you came back, you were just like, it oh blew me God. Away. We're just scratching the surface. Yeah. Like, oh, it was so crazy. And it was so funny. I remember too, I was like sitting in, you know, they're really big on, they're such a scientific organization. So this one was all based on astrology. Every conference is kind of focused on different, something different. But I had my birth chart out on the table because um, we were all reviewing our birth charts. And one of the astrologers walked by and he was like walking by, kind of speed walking, going to talk to somebody else. And he just like glanced at my, my chart and he just stopped. He goes, oh my gosh, you've had a lot of jobs in your life. And like, if you know me, I've had a lot <laughs> yeah, of jobs. Like I'm just a gypsy when it comes uh, to work, you know? Like I don't really get fired, but I just have had a lot of, I wear a lot of different hats. My you first know what I mean? job was because of Daniel. Oh, that's so funny. Old, and yeah. my father told me, this is a true story. He said, if you want to buy CDs, there's no excuse for you not to pay for them yourself. Doesn't your friend Daniel have a job on the weekends? And I was like, oh man. Here we go. Right. And that was it. And and there's a few other jobs that I've worked out in my life because of you. You're like, hey, right. man, you want to 
come work at this one store. I'm right. Like, All right. Let's always, do it. It's always a variety. So, uh, so, but yeah, it was just kind of a really cool experience. So definitely check out that organization. But what we're really going to be looking at today is, um, I mean, really just kind of breaking up a section of this entire chapter. We're going to, over the next couple of weeks in between the the podcast on alchemy, we're really going to kind of be breaking up this chapter that just to kind of give a precursor, what we're going to kind of look at is like Eddie spoke about, we're going to kind of kind of go a little bit further with the discussion of the ego, mm-hmm. um, how it correlates with the soul. Um, and then one of the things that we're really going to work into is the cycle of necessity. And that's really the evolution of your soul from like the angelic realm. And we're going to kind of talk about that fall of man, which is in the hermetic tradition of how we fall down the ladder and then we climb Jacob's ladder back up to heaven. Right. And that's kind of the experience we find ourselves in the middle right now. So we're going to kind of get a precursor of the soul prior to self-consciousness, right? Which is when you're human, you become self-conscious of the soul. So we're going to kind of talk about, you know, what the Egyptians and what the um, kind of Western mystics really kind of thought of the evolution of the soul. And actually in this aspect... Um, there's actually a lot of agreeance with the East as well, right? right? So of how the soul kind of almost has its like angelic birth from its angelic parents and how it kind of goes down the ladder from the, from the angelic, the celestial to the spiritual, to the astral, then to the physical. And then the aspect of climbing that ladder back up, there's a lot of, you know, you know, like unified thought on that. And then the aspect of where it kind of, um, you know, there's not so much like an argument, but just different perspectives. Some schools of thought think you have multiple human lives and some schools of thought think you just have one human life. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we're going to get into that. We're going to discuss both sides. We're really going to look at, you know, it really doesn't matter too much. You really just want to develop your character, whether you have multiple lives or not. We just want to become the best, most holy people we possibly can, right? Um, but we'll we'll go into that. We're going to go into the cycle of necessity. We're going to go into the really the two components that make up the soul. And I'm really kind of just um, throwing this out there just so we have a game plan of what these lessons that are going to be in between the steps of alchemy are going to be alluding to, because there is, there's so much dense information in this chapter. And you'll see that through the Brother of Light. It's it's very heavy scientific stuff, and uh, we're just going to really kind of try to distill it down and try to kind of take it piece by piece. No, I love right? it. I mean, again, we, we, we sit here and we talk, um, you know, before each podcast and then the week before we sit down um, to come up with our plan for what we're going to sort of unravel. And so when you and I just talk um, away from the mics, you know, I do have a million questions that I'm wondering, well, is are others still wanting to have a definition to this or are they catching up? I don't know. And so, and I can't assume, uh, or I shouldn't at least assume. So I'm really excited because we did, like I said, last week, bring up the ego. Yeah. And so now having the time to talk about that definition of the ego, the lower, um, the lower ego, as you were talking about, and then it's a role with the soul. So let's, uh, let's get into it, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, one of the things too, that we were chatting off, off, uh, off microphone and I kind of wanted to address is, what we're talking about is we're talking about principles here. So when, if there's a term that we use and you're like, that's not the term I've heard about, right? So like how we're using the word ego, especially the higher ego, you've might've learned this from your occult schools or your spiritual studies. It might've been spoken as spirit or something like that, right? So what, what you really need to do is what we're doing is we're just kind of creating a common language. Mm-hmm. So as we move forward, when we say 
the true ego, you know what we're talking about. But these are just these are spiritual principles. So as long as you know the principles, whatever word kind of gets used and gets interchanged, it's okay. Just as long as you know what principle we're talking about. So when we talk right. about the true ego, we're talking about you know the life force of all consciousness, the energy that is behind all consciousness, right? And the energy that's behind the universe. And and some spiritual schools are going to call that spirit, and that's totally fine. So, but we just want you to be a no when we say true ego. You could be like, oh, I've learned this as spirit, and you can kind of put those together, right? And we're going to kind of see that. Um, through the schools, like the principles are going to be the same from the east to the west. Just sometimes we have different different words to describe them, right? Right? Because words are kind of transient, and think about how the amount of travel and the evolution of words and the evolution of language. So, I really um, how we kind of utilize that. Just kind of be on the lookout if if it's for using a, a term that's unfamiliar. We always define it, and then. Through your own spiritual study and your spiritual background, you could be like, oh, I know what they're talking about here. And neither one's right or wrong. We just need to know the principle. And that's really what the truth is. Like, we need to just kind of figure out the principle. So if you want to use true self, if you want to use spirit, it's completely up to you when you're explaining this or you're talking about this or you're meditating on these ideas. Um, Because it's the word isn't the, the word isn't really what we're focused on. We're really just focused on, again, the principle. Yeah, the the signs and the symbols are different, but the path that leads to to greatness back to the the aggregate, back to the top, yeah. is is the same path. You it's know? the same path. So yeah, yeah, and that's what's and that's what's so beautiful about that, and that's what validates all spiritual studies, right? And that's what validates all mystic studies. That's what validates every esoteric religion, whether it's esoteric Hinduism, whether it's esoteric Buddhism, whether it's esoteric Christianity. They're all pointing to the same direction, right? We're climbing that ladder back up to that oneness that at one point, which we're going to kind of talk about with the soul and the evolution of the soul, we were a part of, but we were just potential. So the goal is after we kind of get differentiated and we kind of have this experience of falling into matter and climbing our way back up, not only are we making our back way up to that oneness, but we're making that way back up as our character as this, as the soul that you're in right now. Correct. And that's kind of what the whole goal is. And you can't go through those experiences of the soul to get there without the potentiality of the ego. Right? Exactly. And that's why they're, they're, they're working hand in hand, right? So they're, they're yeah. dancing together. They're dancing together. And the ego is that potentiality. It's the potentiality of all energy, right? right? So so um, we were kind of talking about this, and this is kind of like, again, you got to kind of turn on that third eye and really kind of see through your third eye. But when we think about the I, right? I think, therefore, I am. And what that does, what that phrase does is, because it's a really powerful phrase, is the thought is going to have us imply that there's a thinker. So what that does is when we know that there's, if anything is to be known, there must be a knower. So thoughts and feelings kind of validate our existence. So I think, therefore, I am. What that entails is for us to be able to make that statement entails that there's a thinker. And that uh, what that does is it validates our experience. It validates the idea that we are actually going through this conscious evolution, right? Um, and it's a really, really powerful word because if you actually break that down, either I think, therefore I am, or I am, therefore I think, it depends on, um, like, the magic community really prefers the, the latter in that aspect. Um, you kind of get down to the phrase of I am, which is the most powerful words you can possibly say in creation. Um, I am, period. And it's it's the aspect that makes us a creator and it makes us a, um, you know, it, it, it 
it partakes us in the aspect of creation and we start to mirror create the creator aspects that we are. Um, so if we break that down even further, we get to the I mm-hmm. and that I is, it's that energy. It's that, it's that voice inside our head. It's that energy that's kind of powering us from. So what we're going to be looking at today is the ego and the soul and how they both make up the I, but they almost make up different aspects of the I, if that makes sense. So oh, that's great. Yeah. Th- so like we have, so we can think about like, we can all kind of connect to that I in our mind right now, the I of the moment, the I of the now, right? It's the present moment and you can connect to your consciousness, right? So there's something very interesting about that about consciousness, because that I, there's something that is similar to the I of yesterday, and there's something that's different from the I of yesterday, Mm -hmm. okay? And so let's start with what is similar, okay? So there's an aspect of that I that's similar to the I of yesterday, and what that is, is that's the ego. That's the energy that pushes life through, okay? And when we really kind of start thinking about the ego, this life force that is pushing life that's pumping my heart that's pumping your heart we really can't come up with a beginning of that life energy right and when we really kind of get start breaking down the science of occultism there is no beginning because it's always been potential energy right and what it's happening now is it's actually manifesting within us so we're actually feeling that energy but the eye of today and the eye of yesterday that is the same is that ego energy and that's that right. life force energy and we can't really think of existence without that eye um whether before the beginning or the ending of it right because it's this universal life force it's the energy that expresses all consciousness through okay so we really can't even in our minds imagine a place that has no energy and no consciousness expression. Right. It's like almost impossible for us, right? So that's the ego. So that makes up half of our consciousness, and that's the that locomotive power force of our consciousness. So now, the I from today that is different from the I of yesterday, that's the I of the soul. And what the soul's going to make up is it's going to kind of have a two-part process for what it adds to consciousness. So the soul is going to be the totality of all experiences and also its ability to attract not only life forms to incarnate from, but also to attract the experiences in our life. Right. Right. So when we talk about the totality of all consciousness and all experiences, that's exactly what the soul is. The soul is very much the recorder of everything. So we think of it in our self-conscious life. You're always a little bit different than you were even when you started this podcast, you're going through this experience and you've heard my voice and you've gone through the experience of hearing these words, you're different from the beginning of this podcast, but there's still a part of you that's the same. And that's that life force that's behind you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, you know, um, in regards to, um, that famous quote, right? We, we, there's this famous quote that no man steps into the, no man or woman steps into the river, the same spot of the river twice because not only is it the same river right it's not the same person yeah. because not only is the water moving and it's different water mo- molecules and it's a whole different expression there the individual has changed since the last time they stepped into exactly. that river right and we're always in this this state of flux the state of transition and we're always adding a more complex design of what consciousness is and through every experience we kind of get a more complete picture of consciousness yeah Right. Absolutely. Uh, well, the 
the different states of consciousness as stated in the in the lecture the different stages of consciousness are a result from the activities that the soul has like partaked in or the experiences that it's had right you know? right and the wider the range of experiences the wider range of the experience the expansion of the consciousness exactly. okay and this is why it's so important to go through this physical experience because this physical experience, why we deal with duality in this realm is because we need to deal with duality, right? We need to know hot from cold. We need to have that variety of experiences. We need to know, you know, dryness from moisture. Again, the wider the experience, the wider the expansion of consciousness and the faster you evolve consciousness. Okay. Even the aspect of love and fear, right? We need to go through that. And that's why the physical realm is so coarse, because it's 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 like a it's like um it's just as like a crash course in consciousness evolution yeah right and it is yeah. it's it's a hard experience to go through we yeah. you know we do a good job I think in this community and all the individuals that I speak to of you know finding the beauty and find in that hide and seek finding God and everything but it's a challenge Absolutely. you know what I mean because this is it's a hard realm this is there's one ring that rules this and that's Saturn's ring and he's yeah. a heavy, dense father, right? So we go through these experiences and we go through this aspect of variety of experiences to kind of evolve the consciousness, to put more, to put a finer, um, complex structure of the soul and Absolutely. every experience kind of builds on the next. I like that you say finer because with the comparison of you saying that in this experience that we we live in uh, this realm we live on being so coarse is the same as to say what water must go through to filter itself out the mm-hmm. other side. And that's just the same thing with the soul for it to cleanse itself or to evolve or to be more pure. It has to go through such a coarse uh, experience or set of experiences in order to come out fine on the other side. And people use all kinds of what analogies and there's all kinds of axioms and quotes about that kind of stuff. I'm like how to fine tune yourself or mm-hmm. sharpen your, your weapon, if you will. Um, so yeah, I think it's awesome that you related to it being so coarse because you're absolutely right. It has to be. Right. It, it has to be coarse. And again, like that, the fortune cookie, the greatest fortune cookie is just like a great sailor's never made on calm seas. Right. And that's so true. And that's what they're talking about. They're talking about what the soul needs to kind of go through. Remember, this is a construct for experience and and that's why we got incarnated and that's why you you went from this journey. That's why you had the fall. This is the same thing as the fall from Eden. This is getting locked out of Eden. You were partaking in the Garden of Eden, but you took the bite of knowledge. You wanted to know what it was like to be a god. Mm-hmm. And so you go through this experience, and that's what the the fall of Eden's all about. It's not about a girl eating an apple. It's about your subconscious right. actually going through that experience of like, no, I want to know. I want to accumulate love. And I want to accumulate wisdom. And again, you get banished from heaven because the only way you're going to get back up there is if you climb what we call Jacob's ladder to go back up. Right. But you incarnated. Like there's a beautiful hermetic hermetic story of you're you're up in this cosmic realm and you're you're oneness, but you're just potential. And there's just this yearning for experience for individualization. And there's just a part of you that just wants to look down into the into the abyss. And this is kind of how your conscious evolution happens. And what happens is you look into the abyss. And as you do that, as you actually put your head down and you actually look into the the whole the cold reality of materialism, gravitation starts pulling you down. Right. And then you start going through the spheres and you're and you're collecting experiences and your soul's kind of starting to form as you go through these spheres. So you go from like what they call 
the the celestial to the spiritual to the astral to the physical right, right? Um, and you kind of make your way down and through that you're kind of getting the organization of what your soul is but then you come back down to earth and you start the whole process right you know you start as a single-celled organism and you make your way back up and this is this is reflected in not only Egyptian mythology this is the Druids believe this as well. Uh, you know, ancient Hinduism believe this as well. All the religions kind of believe that you almost start as a single-celled organism and you make your way up. And that's also one of the aspects. And we're going to get really in-depth into the cycle of necessity, but that's the other aspect of the soul. So as you go through evolution of consciousness and as you make more complex um, organization within your soul, your soul then has the ability to attract more complex forms of life. So when you start off simple, you have simple forms of life, and then you go through that experience as a mineral, right? And you go through that experience, and then what happens is at one point when you've kind of gone through all your experiences, your soul starts to push away from that mineral, and that's when you have death. And you die from that, that mineral dies, and then you have this other, you have this like phase where you go back into the astral realm, you kind of take the accumulation of all the experiences that your soul has collected, and then your soul attracts a more complex form. Now, it doesn't, you don't just jump up to something insane. It's like you go from a single-celled organism to maybe a multi-celled organism. You go from like a mineral to a crystal, right? You keep slowly making that process, but you go from there. And then what happens is you have these life and you death, these lives and these deaths, and then you make your way up into like a blade of grass, right? Which is a very short lifespan. Right. And then you collect that consciousness and you keep going. Then you die there and you go to the astral realm, you kind of recharge. And then you're always in the aspect of attracting a more perfect form of life, a more complex form, not more perfect, I should say, a more complex form of life to evolve your consciousness because that's why you made the fall. Like you bit the apple. Right. Right. And you you looked into the abyss. Like your soul did this and you went through, but you had to. You could not stay in, you couldn't just stay in potential. You had to formulate yourself. It almost kind of comes back down to when we think of the paths that we go through, this is like the same kind of path as your Saturn returns. When we talked about you have to establish yourself, you have to actually, as a child, you're just pure potential, but then you have to constrict yourself and actually learn something and confine yourself to actually become something. Well, it's the same thing as mirrored in the cosmic realm. Right. You, yeah, you can stay in the oneness, but you're nothing. You're you're just part of that oneness. You're 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 just potential. You can be anything, but you're not anything. Right. So that's why you have the fall into matter, and that's why we have the fall of man. And it's not seen as a bad thing. We weren't kicked out of heaven. Right. God just wanted us to experience it because God is experiencing through us. So for Him to evolve, for consciousness to evolve, He needs us to fall. Exactly. And then to make our way back up. Well and that's the story that the soul has. And the soul story is your story since you've had your first incarnation. And you're not aware of those experiences, right? You're not aware of being a single-celled organism. You're not aware of being a blade of grass. You're not aware of being an animal. But you are. You have instincts. You digest your food without thinking it. You pump your blood without thinking it. There's Think about all the automations we have as humans that your body just automatically does, that your subconscious mind does. Well, that's because your soul at one point, that was its focus. Exactly. And that's why it's able to do those things. No, that's absolutely right, man. I know that I've, I've said this before um, to myself, but you know, it, to not like go 
too, too deep, but where it ends is where it begins. And until it's time to, to just be part of the oneness that we come from. And it, and it just keeps going that way. And that oneness that I'm talking about is what people have given the name to home. I think it's very interesting that we've all agreed upon that term being that if we're returning home, home should be probably the sea of consciousness, consciousness that we've talked about. And it's our job through different forms of uh, embodiment of, of, of what the soul has to go through um, on this realm to just go back to that sea of consciousness and make its way back. Like as you're saying, back up to that ladder, back to where we came from. And so um, I like that you're expressing more or less that we're not kicked out of heaven. It's just the process of understanding the relationship to the deity that we all like want to get to know, you know, mm -hmm. to really understanding that connection from where we're from. And that's mm -hmm. what it is, you know, but we're individualized to go through that path on our own to then finally find out that it's all the same. We're all one, you know, right. um, but you need to have these course experiences as you were just saying prior to this in order to differentiate that oneness, because you're right when you're a child, um, or when you first arrive here, you are just all this potential and it needs to be narrowed down more specifically in order to then amplify itself back up and lift the rest of them around, lift the rest around you to also see that plane of where you are right now, um, in order for all of us to ascend. Um, so I think that's, I don't know, that's, I, I just always like that as like the purpose of the soul. Yeah. Um, and you know what, you brought up a great point just about, you know, we're just trying to make it home. And we've, we've spoken about, you know, what's so beautiful about being in a community all together is we are just walking each other home, right? right? And then you think about the hero's journey. What is the step of the hero's journey right. for the soul? It always has to return home, right? That's what this whole process is. We think about Dorothy. We think about everything. All these characters always have to return back home. And now it's the physical representation usually of their home, but that's what the allegory is about. Right. You know, making it back home, climbing that ladder. And it is, it's called it's called Jacob's ladder, and we climb it back up. And that's the that's what music shows us. That's the seven musical notes, and then the eighth note is the next octave, and you're always getting to a different level. And the aspect that you have to make your way back up to the Ethan because you had the fall. Mm -hmm. So inside you, inside your soul, inside your consciousness you know better than to be stuck in the mud and to be stuck in the material realm. That's why the phrase that, you know, God's never going to pick you out of the mud. And the idea being because the universal energy is this like, you know better than this. Right. Like this, what, why I'm not going to come down there. You come up to me. Like you left, you, you're the one that differentiated yourself. You wanted to do this which it needed you to do and it wanted you to do. And it, it really kind of universe made us do it, but it's just like, no, no, like keep coming. You have to come up to me. Right. You have to feel that these finer substances and there's that free will courage that has to come through because it can't just pick you up because then it doesn't evolve. It needs to go through these struggles. It needs to go through these trials and tribulations to keep the evolution of consciousness happening. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what we're, what we're experiencing when we're when we're dealing with that and just we can kind of just feel again and this is why you know finer substances are those spiritual substances that we have to make our way up to and it's just really important that we kind of go on that journey and make sure that that happens absolutely man yeah absolutely yeah i know we talked a little bit about um self-conscious as an uh, immortality um so i think that kind of 
alludes to that, what we're talking about is understanding what that really means. Um, so if you want to kind of continue on to this conversation from this lecture and some of the things that we've talked about and within the, the duality between the soul and the ego, um, carry on. Yeah, you know, and like, again, so, you know, one of the aspects is that we were looking at, so we have the ego, which again, is that life force energy. And this is the true ego, right? This isn't that that false ego we spoke about a lot more last week, right. which kind of hijacks that that life force energy. And what that, that false inflated ego does is it mistakes that life force energy for itself. And it's just like, oh, look how powerful I am. Mm-hmm. But really... That's not your power. That's the power of the universe that's coming through you, right? Um, but that false ego kind of mistakes for it. And then that, before you know it, you're taking um, a picture in front of your mirror for your Facebook saying like, I'm the greatest mother effer that's ever lived. You know what I mean? With sunglasses. And it's all of a sudden this like false ego like takes over because it's just like. Well, it, it, it interrupts the, um, it interrupts the process of understanding how to acquire those experiences for the soul. So like yeah. we go outside, let's just say to adventure out and to feel the oneness of God. Right. So that was my reasoning personally here for all the climbing I've ever done in the last decade. It's never been about how high I can go with climbing. It's always just been about being connected to oneness and it's felt out there a lot more until something's introduced that trips you from the experience, the true experience, which is the lower self-ego, which in this case, a metaphor would be like mirrors everywhere to see your actual self. But in this case, it's like a phone that we use to take a photo to say, this is where I was. And so much of that experience just goes right to that vessel, not your vessel, but another vessel. And that's Mm -hmm. where we're kind of playing this game all the time with. It's like, no, I, I went outside and I went there And there's a difference between the person who went there without something to prove and then the person who went there just to be connected to source. And that's where you kind of can differentiate right away between two people. Two people went to the same place. One went there with the purpose of exposing where they've been and what they've done. And the other one there because that's where their heart felt to be within Mm -hmm. one of nature. And you'll find that they'll both have different experiences. Well, that wasn't that great. Everyone says it's such a great place to go. I don't understand. The other one's like, dude, I could have been, I could have died and just stayed there for life forever, mm-hmm. for eternity. So uh, it's a, it's amongst us all the time, what you're saying about like looking yourself in the mirror. It's like, I think that's why there is such um, uh, trip trip ups, I guess, or what's the word I want to say? Like there's these hiccups along the way that def- to, like deter you away from like your mission by looking in the mirror and just being like, oh, I am. And it's like, no, your right. potentiality is in you, which is the ego that drives the soul. Right to extract it from itself and just look at it and admire it. It's just a mere distraction, you know, um, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And again, you know, we inst- we're institutionalized to kind of think that way. Right, you know, right. we are institutionalized to not see that source of life and the kind of mistake the lower I for the not for the uppercase I, right? That that right. lowercase self for the uppercase self. We're really promoted to give that energy. We're, you know, everybody is through the education system, through media, through social media influencers. We're all really just, again, channeling energy into Frankenstein's monster, right? right? We're not using that energy for the life force of ourselves. And we're just creating these, these monsters that kind of live outside of our bodies, you right. know, and it's, that's like our social media, you know, I mean, again, social media is an amazing thing. Like we could, this podcast has grown because of social media. I've met some of the most amazing people through social media. So there's definitely benefits to that connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the age of Aquarius, but it also has some very, you know, 
different negative aspects to it as well. Well, like know? what you said about coming back, if you're going to make it all the way back home, it's like, remember, you decided to leave here to have the full experience. It is your job to come back mm-hmm. here. It's not my job to come to you. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people along the way just kind of hide from that path from saying like, no, I think I just want to like, you know, stay within this like moment of recognizing my potential, which is mm-hmm. the ego. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the lower ego where you're like, I'm, 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 I'm going to take my time right now mm-hmm. and just like focus on, on this, which mm-hmm. is like, look how pretty it is, what I can make. And it's like, no, but it's meant to expand, Yep. you know? Right. Um, so anyways. Yeah, no. And I think that's, I think that's a, a great way to kind of look at it, man, because we really do kind of find ourselves in that situation right now where you just have, people who just don't even want to go through that process of thinking mm-hmm. about the conscious evolution. They don't want to even think about spiritual evolution because they're like, Oh, it's a lot of work. Or like, what if you don't, what if you're wrong? And you're like, well, what if you're wrong? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, to be completely honest, you do the first leap of faith in the spiritual progress, but once you do that leap of faith and you actually have like a spiritual moment or you have this like transcendental moment, you no longer think it's just a theory. You know, you can you can experience spirituality, and what happens is when you do have these transcendental, um, even psychedelic, without even having a like taking a psychedelic, you you then become a knower, and you can actually validate. And then actually, what happens is you're like, no, that was the only real thing that's ever really happened to me. You know, yeah. that was one of the most realest things. Like, you know, you have the love of your family and you have your love of friends and all this stuff where we actually find these real metals of alchemy, like we've been talking about, that does feel real. Yeah. But when you do have these like transcendental spiritual experiences, um, like I remember when I switched, the moment I switched from being an atheist to understanding what spirituality was, I was in a hot springs and was with this awesome gypsy friend. And she just looked at me and I was just like, I had my scientific blinders on and she just looked at me and she's like, no, God is energy. And for some reason, I've heard that a million times, but it was the space I was in. Um, I was in these cool hot springs that used to be Apache territory. It was the coolest place I've ever been. It's called Eden, Arizona. Um, And for all of a sudden, just everything dropped. My whole universe just dropped down. And all of a sudden I had my first like real spiritual experience. And actually, you know, once I had that, I realized that I've had this in the past. I just didn't know what it was going on. Um, and it was really, really powerful. Um, but like, just like that, that was what that did is it validated everything else that was real. Like I remember having the same kind of experience when I went to have a supai with my father. Um, I had the same kind of experience when my nephew was born. Like once I realized what that was at at the time, I just thought it was euphoria, um, but it wasn't euphoria. It was this finer substance, the substance that comes down from the finer realms. And it was just like raining the substance on me. Mm -hmm. And it was the most liberating, eye-opening thing in the world. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, And that's exactly what what kind of led to that. And I mean, I don't really know exactly where I I was going with that, but like, that was the most real thing, you right. know? So like when people tell you like, oh, how, what if you're wrong? And you're like, yeah, but what if, what if you're wrong? Like, what Absolutely. if you're wasting your time? Like, what if you are just collecting a bunch of dross that's just going to fade away, you know? And we have to kind of go through that experience and we kind of have to understand that. And I think that's what's so important about learning the science behind the soul, like we read in this chapter. And we're going to kind of get further and further in. Cause I think today we kind of just did like a skim over 
but there is a science to consciousness, right. you know, and it's, it's just like any other science. If you want to be successful in any other industry, you have to learn about that industry. You have to experience that, that thing. So like, if you want to be like, you're becoming a skilled um, carpenter, like you've been working with wood and you've been doing that. Well, you are, you're, you're exponentially going to get better and have better outcome. The more experience and the more information, you know, Absolutely. Spirituality is no different. You know what I mean? That's why we listen to this podcast. That's why we listen to this podcast. That's why we listen to other, that's why we read Manly P. Hall. Because again, your ability to be successful is always going to come down to the same kind of basic principle of how much information do you know and how much experience do you have with this? Absolutely. You know, and that's why we kind of learn and that's why we kind of go through this whole, uh, this whole lesson of life. Absolutely, man. I, everything you're saying, I mean, I know you were saying like, what does it have to do with anything with your experiences? But it's good to hear, um, even from your perspective. I mean, you are, you know, the individual who sits across from me, but from your acquired experiences as we were talking about, which is what the soul will go through, through its potentiality of the ego, I can then now either strive to have such experiences, which will also elevate my consciousness, or I can just like, you know, try to f- see you as this individual who's been to these great places that I haven't been to good for him. And I separate myself from that, um, information that I've just learned about you, which is a sad, uh, not purpose for living, but it's a, it's a sad way of living, um, with, with these limited breaths that we have here is to compare yourself to one thing that you haven't experienced rather than just say, you know what, I should just take my own experiences and feel the same ramifications that he has felt or she has felt in order to like be at peace or be at ease. And I think that's very interesting that people don't take the time to do such things um, for, for numerous reasons, right? I can't speak for, for uh, everyone, but I definitely, I know what you're saying and, and we definitely change along the way through those experiences. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I think you just brought up a great point, man, that I didn't even think about, but that, that lower ego separates us right because that's that lower ego kicking in being like oh well they went through that experience i'm never going to go through that experience or oh they're you know they've got a loving partner i'm never going to have a loving partner and that's that ego that sets up that jealousy that sets up that greed right Right. but that higher ego recognizes no you know your experience is my experience and like the stuff that's beating your heart is beating my heart so if you have a spiritual experience that doesn't mean i that means i should i definitely have the opportunity to have a spiritual experience Absolutely. you know you found love that means i definitely have the opportunity to find love like it's this entire aspect of like if one ego if one true ego can do it all the true egos can do it Right. You know, because it's the same life force. It's just how you're expressing that life force. How much, you know, where are your blocks and where do you break those blocks down? But again, that's where the soul kind of comes into place. And that's where the, you know, the, it's the totality of our experience that really kind of brings us forward. And again, that totality of that experience is kind of like what we were talking about when it comes to the protect perspective of the experience. You know, if you're very negative about your experiences, you're going to be building a less complex structure that's going to not have a foundation and you're going to see that structure with like hate and angst and you're going to be like mad at your structure. Right. Right. But if you actually look at your life from a positive aspect of, you know, through growth and maturity, you can create something beautiful. You know, it's like Willy Wonka, like we are the music makers, you know, but you decide what song you're going to play. Exactly. You know, like the universe is going to give you different notes, but you can kind of put them in the order you want. And you can kind of arrange this piece perfectly. Even if the universe only gives you a couple colors to paint with, you still can make a masterpiece, right. you know, and you can't compare yourself to somebody who gets, 
you know, the Crayola box with like 64 crayons and the sharpener. Yeah. Like you can't be mad because you got like the box of four. You just have to do the best with what you got. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's what this experience is. And again, that's why we're all on our own differentiation, but we're still using that life force energy to power us through. Yeah. And that's, what's good about understanding the egos from the perspective that we're bringing up in calcination and the one we're going to, when we keep using the word ego, understand how it works with, within its, um, this like dance, you know, it can't be one without the other and you can separate the two, but we just talked about why you, you don't need to separate the two and it doesn't benefit anyone. If you do it, it's best that if you use the potentiality of the ego, the life force you're talking about to let the soul go through his experiences, we can then rise to the next level, which is what's going to go into the whole purpose of alchemy, right? We've talked about this with the episode of alchemy and we'll say it again. This seven um, step process is, you know, the betterment of this, of this soul, of this purpose that we're here to go back home. And so understanding each stage, there's a lot of, you know, I know we, we both just talked a lot, but there's a lot to unravel in between each of those stages. And in actuality, this conversation we're having right now between two friends on this podcast is part of that process in itself, not just for the listeners and to the ears and to the consciousness of 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 you obtaining this information or you being conscious of this information and trying to decipher through it we're deciphering through it together you know what i mean i'm not here to tell you i know more than what you know just because i have this microphone right now or daniel knows more but we're both sort of unraveling that together without having to segregate each um step of the way the individuals who don't understand and those who do understand it's like no we're all sort of like evolving and going up that ladder together um as a as a as a, as a one, right. Mm -hmm. As a unit, as a unit. So, mm -hmm. um, that's awesome. I like that you bring up those stories. I know definitely I've had, <laughs> I've definitely had a lot of those moments where you sort of like separate yourself from, um, from the moment at hand and realize you've always been part of the entire, mm -hmm. uh, experience from the very get go. Uh, and they're super profound. And I hope for those listeners out there, you know, um, that that uh, have a lot of stories or have had a lot of life experiences can can relate to to what daniel was just saying about these places arizona is a great place for that by the way for us we've been as i've gotten older now i've realized that in our backyard we've always had um not realized i've realized it all my life that we've had this um place that allows us to sort of reach that level of understanding a lot quicker than as to like waiting a long time for doing something like the Appalachian trail when you're in your mid twenties, it's like, no, since we were kids, we've been just like commuting with mother nature. And within that we've been able to like actually understand, um, such things like as above, so below, because we'll have those moments where you're like, this is, there is no divide here. It's just a stretch from one mm -hmm. higher place to this place that I'm in right now. And I'm just like in between the two and I'm trying to make my way back up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for, for the experiences we've had thus far. I know I, I can definitely tell a few stories, um, but I'll, I'll wait for the right time and place to bring up some of those stories. Cause you know, a lot of them, but, uh, anyways, yeah, yeah this no, is great, man. I love it. I love it. And again, you know, this wasn't, I think so much the conversation that we were planning on having, but I just kind of like that. We kind of just kind of skimmed the surface on a lot of these interesting ideas. So we will go into the cycle of necessity. We will kind of look into that the evolution of the soul falling into matter and then it's rise up Jacob's ladder. And we will kind of look a little bit more into, you know, 
that will kind of really kind of focus in. We really kind of looked at the totality of the soul when it came to experiences today. Right. So when we do the cycle of necessity, we'll kind of focus a little bit more in its ability to attract and its ability to attract other forms. Yeah. So, you know, as you get done with one experience, you actually start vibrating away from the form you're in and you start to attract another form. And we're going to see how that aspect actually, this is what is the psychic science behind the law of attraction. So not only can we attract light, like life events into us and kind of what we really want to focus our minds on, but it's even bigger than that. Like that energy that does the attraction that people talk about with the secret. The reason why you have that yeah. ability is because your soul literally attracted this life form that you're in right now. And at one point it's, it's going to move away from this life form. Right. right? And that's going to be one of the aspects um, that we're going to be kind of looking at. And you know, what this does is it really does kind of make the individual more comfortable with the idea of death because they know that death is just a rebirth into a new life. And one of the things that when you ask like a a real Freemason, not a Freemason that's doing it for like business or connections, but like an actual, like maybe more of an ancient Freemason, they would ask like, why do you study the craft? And the, the answer is when you get really high into the, like the illuminated levels past the 32nd degree was to know how to die. And that's a very important aspect. And again, I think, you know, that's going to be something that we all are going to approach and we're all going to have to understand because nothing in this material realm is forever. So we're going to have to deal with the deaths of others. We're going to have to deal with our own deaths. And it's very important that we get an understanding of that. And we don't treat that with this blank expression of just fear and this unknown, but we can actually know that we can understand what that process is and you know, again, it's always going to be hard when we lose loved ones, but, you know, when we really kind of learn about this law of necessity and this this cycle of necessity, you really kind of get a more complete picture to what this is all about. And, you know, Alan Watts said it great, like, what if happens if when you die, you actually wake up and you wake up into a higher form of life? And, you know, from what we've studied, that's kind of what alludes to it. Yeah. Know? No, way to, way to really, like, make an understanding of the cycle of necessity because when I was reading about the cycle of necessity and like um, the uh, the complexity of it and like what it means for it to be at a state of a, a, in that spiritual realm, that higher self, that it possesses neither consciousness nor feeling. Mm-hmm. Like I think he did a great job at sort of alluding to that by just like what we've just been discussing just on this conversation of like what that is, because I was like, I'm going to ask Daniel more about the cycle necessity and really understand like, okay, what is the cycle necessity? And then when we go into the other things we want to discuss, like, why are we here? We talked about that. We'll end up having that for another podcast. We want to be able to sort of tie all that together um, along the way of breaking down the seven steps of alchemy. So I know it's a lot of information, but dude, I think what you're saying is for me at least like from what i've read in the in the lecture um is right on point so yeah you know and what we could kind of look at today is just kind of like the introduction to a conversation we're going to have for the next couple of weeks by by like a bi-weekly conversation in between the steps of alchemy and i, I almost could think we can like quote it the mission of the soul which the is the exact of the same of the chapter that we're reading in this Brotherhood of Light book, but that's right. really what we're talking about, the mission of the soul and how the soul's powered by the ego. Right. And you know how it's the totality of the experiences and how it's also the the aspect of being able to attract forms and experiences into our life. And if we can attract, we can also repel. And you know, and that kind of comes down to the whole aspect of how do you utilize that energy and 
Yeah, it's just a really exciting subject. And, you know, one thing too is that I would love to kind of go into is like, oh, there's just so much stuff to talk about. But like the cycle necessity is just so fascinating and the evolution of our souls and the true totality of our experience beyond just our self-conscious experience, but everything that happened before we took our first breath as humans, it's just an endless subject. And I'm just really excited to have yeah, this conversation with you guys. It's a very, so like with the metaphor, um, again, I love that idea of mountains. I've, I'm obsessed with mountains. Um, you know, I do have an air sign and I always like that the ego takes us up the mountain, right? Without this physical body at the age that I'm at right now, I may not be able to get to such altitude. So I drive myself to get to such altitude, but with only one goal in mind, and that's just to take a breath at a higher level of existence while I'm here. Mm -hmm. And that's what the ego allowed me to do is to get up there. So I hope this all makes sense in the sense that the ego is not bad. If we brought it up last week with um, calcination and bringing up the ego, we tried to define that saying, Mm -hmm. look, the ego is necessarily a bad thing. We're not trying to kill the ego, but more so understand it and tame it and use its life force to project us to the next step to the to be able to see our our total potential and um and just elevate everyone around us to that level as well you know what i mean but uh it is tricky again like um it's uh, funny but i think for the remainder of of time you know words that are so beautiful that we have all learned and experienced um within within using them just get recycled and re um repurposed to define things as a negative or a positive aspect of something that we're doing. And it's it's a slippery slope because then people don't want to use that word to identify themselves when you, when in reality it's not necessarily a negative. It's what you do with, you know, the understanding of that concept that makes a negative or a positive. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's great that we're breaking down such a word like the ego uh, in more detail as we use it along the way of these definitions uh, or these principles uh, um, within alchemy and and even other hermetic principles that we'll keep bringing up. But um, yeah, it's fascinating, man. Yeah, it's the best. It's the it's the greatest story of all time. It's the great work. So um, well, cool. So next week we'll we'll move into dissolution. Are we are we have we covered what we wanted to cover today with the mission of the soul? And we'll keep yeah, I think that. it's a great introduction, man. Like we said, I think this yeah. is a great introduction. I think there is many more conversations that we can kind of have on the subject and, you know, really kind of looking again, like what that these all entail and why this is important for you to know. Um, but yeah, I think this is a great little introduction just to kind of get us thinking and kind of get our mindsets in that aspect as we move forward. No, I love that in between each stage of alchemy, we'll have, another conversation within such you know specific uh right. ideas and definitions in between the the stuff that we've covered for us to have like a more rounded understanding of this entire process of that jacob's ladder um or getting up to to a higher level of understanding self-consciousness or what really self-consciousness can be up up and away right? up up and away man <laughs> cool dude well um I have nothing else to add. Um, Do you? Until next time. Until next time. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Not only does it give us the energy we need, it also gives us an opportunity to make a positive environmental impact. Earthling Food Company originated from the simple truth that what is good for the body is good for the planet. They create delicious plant-based food that lifts us up rather than weighs us down. That's right. You will never find preservatives, 
refined sugar, oil, animal products, gluten, or any other crap that is environmentally destructive. Only the good stuff. Would you like a hearty granola that is both delicious and healthy? What, what about uh, something with zero cholesterol or an alternative to scrambled eggs? Earthly Food Company has you covered. They are a brand new husband and wife startup, so check back regularly for new products. Greg and Jen have been listeners and supporters of the Know Thyself podcast since our very first episode. We first collected on a philosophical conversation, and then through the conversation learned about this really exciting new project that they were creating, which is a organic amazing granola that they want to share with all the listeners of our community artisan granola and seasoning make a great holiday gift visit earthlingfood.company that's earthlingfood.company did you say earthlingfood.company that's exactly what i said to order online and use the discount code know thyself that's one word know thyself for 15 percent off your purchase they're also offering uh, free shipping on orders over $70. So, uh, you know, order online today. I would do it like right now. <laughs>